What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I am your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad. It incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend, George Dutra. We had a great conversation about fatherhood. There is some serious depth to this man. I'm sure we could spend hours hearing the ins and outs of his story, but during this episode, we just scratched the surface. He has a drive to be there for his little girl. She was born when he was in prison, and from the moment he found out he was going to be a dad, he started acquiring the skills he needed to not only not let the past and the pattern that he saw in his family repeat itself, but to be the man and father he knew his little girl needed. There's power in his story because he is proof that every day we wake up, we get to choose the man, father, and human that we want to be. If you like the podcast, please like it, share it, or write a view. Here is my friend, George Dutra. What's up? Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. I'm super pumped to be sitting here talking with George Dutra. What's up, brother? Not much, man. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, if anybody listened to the episode with Paul Newtbar, my brother cousin, uh, Paul introduced me to George, so I'm excited because they uh, they both live on the rebellious side, <laughs> wild ones. <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. Yeah, we definitely did. And uh, Paul said, you know, in Paul's podcast, I think you know he probably said the f word roughly forty times, oh, and cool. it's just yeah, his, his normal because cool. it, it, it was just Challenge so intense. Accepted. <laughs> it was so intense and and it's funny because he would be like i'd say my you know my wild brother and he's like hey yeah when you talk with george uh yeah he's probably gonna say so you know curse i'm like oh coming from you you're gonna tell me that <laughs> so it's like a fonzie <laughs> telling you somebody's cool <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so right on man so here's the deal i really want to get to know you um so first off how old are you i am 45 I just turned 45, 45 in April. Happy birthday. Thanks, and man. how long have you been married? Uh, four years. Four years. Okay. So got yeah. married around 40, 41. Yeah. I was a bachelor for a long time, dude. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and then you have a kid? I do. I have a daughter named Rogue Aria Dutra. So her initials are rad. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> how fun. Yeah. And uh, she will be three the end of next month dude yeah. nice so no messing around you case so something clicked got married had a kid and here you are yeah man i just yeah having a daughter man is because truthfully when you're a when you're a boy and a young man when you even just contemplate having a kid for some reason it's just a boy when you're a, yep. young, a young guy you think about i'm gonna grow up and i'm gonna have a son i i never even considered having a daughter um like i said i was a bachelor for a long time so you know i've had my past with women and i just it's just such a weird thing to have a daughter after being yeah. with women and being single and all this and that and then the universe goes oh okay well now you got a daughter you know and yeah it's, just, it's a weird thing yeah, I'm excited to dig into that because you're so passionate about it. Um, what do you do for a living? Uh, I am a butcher. Uh, nice. Yeah, at a uh, grocery store out here in Orange County. Okay. Uh, Dope. I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Okay. Uh, my wife and I met farming up in Santa Barbara and kind of got into the whole eating right thing and the meat thing and doing all that. And that's what got me into wanting to be a butcher. That's cool. Very cool. Um, and you also have a podcast of your own. You do the Rogue Dad podcast. Yeah, which is, like you said, is what kind of gave Polly the uh, the click to put us together. I, uh, you know, I, I do another podcast uh, called Ringside with George. And I was a trainer at a gym here in Orange County, American Gym. 
and there were so many interesting people there, you know, and I had people taking my class that I didn't know them outside the gym. And I just thought, you know, I bet they're all got pretty cool stories. You know, we have celebrities that work out there. We have musicians, models, actors. We have regular people, college students, every spectrum of people you could think of. And I thought, man, it'd be cool if we kind of talked to these people and learned, you know, a little bit about them. So that got going. I would sit on the side of the ring and I would talk to these people, the trainers and everybody. But then the whole pandemic thing happened. Mm. And the gym closed, so I couldn't do that. So I started doing it from my apartment, but it didn't feel right calling it Ringside with George anymore. And uh, so I called it the Dutra Difference. But through all this process, it went from me wanting to be the cool guy at the gym, be the Joe, the local Joe Rogan, you know, right? To actually in in my mind it going to these are little snippets of my daughter's dad that she gets to see for a long time. Cause mm. I'm 45 dude. My daughter's three, whether I want to admit it or not, or I like it, there's going to be a long time where she's going to be on this earth without me. Right. And you know, I really, uh, I really like the idea of her being able to just go online and be like, Oh man, this is a funny story. My dad told it's like have have like out loud journal of the things that are totally. important to you that she can go and listen to. I love totally. that. So that's how that's how the Rogue Dad podcast was started. And what I think is super dope is that your daughter's name. Like I didn't even realize that until I started listening to the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, a lot of people think when I tell her her name, it's Road. You know, oh like, yeah, 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 the Road. But it, nope, it's Rogue, like X Men. <laughs> so. So, dude, what I wanted, like, as I listened to your two podcasts and I heard just seriously, man, like if I saw you in a bar and I wronged you, I just know you'd kick the shit out of me. <laughs> but when I hear you talk in your podcast and, and just like the words you use, the way that your heart and mind are towards your daughter and even your spouse, dude, there's just some really rich, uh, there's depth to you. There's some serious depth. And so I want to ask. I'm going to ask my rebel and create question that I ask in every podcast. But in that, there's a, there's a, the piece that I want to know who is George. Like, as I listen to you talk, I just go, who is George? Right. Because I see your Instagram, I hear your podcast, but who are you? And that's kind of where I want to lead. But my rebel and create question is, you know, this podcast is fatherhood field notes. The idea is that every one of us has a field note guide of our life. Like, you know, you have 40 years, you said, of being a bachelor. And so you have these notes of wisdom. And so the idea is to open that up. But the mantra of my whole belief is we must rebel against the low expectations that are for fathers. We must rebel against the expectations the world puts on us or that Dude. we put on ourselves, but not just to go be destructive. Like I'm going to create something out of that. So what is what are you rebelling against and what do you hope to create? And who is George? Dude, I honestly, man, to hear you say uh, that about dads and like our our bar has been set so low. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I could not agree with that. Oh, my God. Uh, anymore. I mean, too many times, dude, when people say, oh, he's a good dad, it's just he's just still there. You know what the I mean? fact that he's just, just there, there makes him a good dad. It's totally it's bonkers. I cannot believe that shit. That's like, uh, and, and the funny thing is I, I'll hear chicks say too, or, you know, Oh, my husband's so helpful. My husband's so helpful. It, you know what? If your fucking neighbor comes over and does your laundry, that's being helpful. Your husband is just being a dad. That's what he's supposed <laughs> to do. Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. It's not that he's being helpful. It's just, that's, his role in this whole thing. Yep. So it's so weird that women have become appreciative of just the fucking most minimal basic. shit. Yep. Basic you know minimal. I mean? Yes. So it blows me away uh, that that's been okay with humans for so long. Like it's barely mm. now starting to become a thing where guys like us are like, fuck that. I love cooking for my kid. Fuck that. Mm. I, I love getting her dressed yeah like i hate laundry until i'm folding her clothes and then i'm like oh my god look how adorable this shirt like dude that's good <laughs> that's good 
Uh, so, but so the, what are you rebelling against? So with that in mind, what are you rebelling against? And I feel like you're probably rebelling against a lot, but, <laughs> but you made a comment. You said, you know, that you're rebelling against your family's past. Like your career, you're writing a different story. So like, how yeah, does that play into who uh, George is and where you are in life right now? Yeah. I've always been the black sheep, uh, of my family, dude. I'm the oldest son. Uh, I have a brother and a sister. Uh, and what I meant by that was I'm rebelling against my past because it's been the same abusive, destructive pattern. Hmm. You know, I know my dad didn't have a loving environment. I know my grandpa didn't have one at all. My dad has three brothers. So I, there's like four sons on my dad's side. And, uh, you know, it's just, ah, I don't want to be that, you know, I don't want to raise my kid like that at all. I can't even remember like hugs or saying, I love you. Like that blows me away that, uh, man, I might even get a little emotional here, but, uh, it just blows me away that they're okay with doing it again after they know how fucked up it feels. You know, so what I, makes you different? So what is the thing that made it where when you found out I'm having a kid or maybe you decided you were going to have a kid that you were different? Like how, what is inside of you that is choosing a different path? I guess empathy, man. I guess just the fact that I don't want to, I don't know. I don't know. It's different because, you know, they're, whether I want to admit it, they're all in me that my genes are their genes, you know, uh, to some extent, I do believe that memories and feelings can be passed down through DNA as well. You know what I mean? I feel like some people are scared of certain things because maybe 200 years ago, one of their ancestors got eaten by a spider and now they're you know scared <laughs> of spiders or something like that. You know, I kind of believe in some weird stuff like that, but I just think that, ah, oh, man, I just don't, I look at my kid and I think I can't imagine her going through what I went through. And I can't imagine my dad looking at me and going, Oh, I remember how shitty it felt for my dad to ignore. There's nothing worse than being ignored when you're a kid. Mm. There's nothing. Mm. I would rather be hit than ignored, you know, but I mean, that's a shitty thing to say, but dude, when you're a little kid and you're trying to figure things out, you need help. You need somebody right. to give you confidence and, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I've learned was, I mean, through fighting, you know? Uh, yeah. So what, so, so two things I'll jump on right now. Uh, okay. So, so let me back up. So you're rebelling against your family's past. You're rebelling against setting the same standard that your dad set, that his dad set, and maybe even dads before that set. Yeah, and you're doing that because you want to create I mean, this is a word I've heard you say, man, confidence, like you found confidence in some which way or another. Right. But now you realize the power you have as a father to pass that down to your own kid. And for whatever reason, it matters to you. And for whatever reason, you're deciding to rebel against that. And that's what you're going to create. Okay. So confidence, where did you find confidence? You just mentioned fighting. Um, is that where you found confidence? And then how has it become a confidence in you as a man and your role versus like street thug fight confident guy. And that's, that's funny. You say that is because that's what I was for a long time. I used to get in fights in school. I used to get in fights. You know, I, I went to jail, I went to prison and I was a, a violent kid because, you know, when you grew up getting spanked and hit and yelled at, you just think that's how people solve things. You know, you think, oh, well, that's my example. That's what I'm supposed to do. And you don't learn until you're an adult that, no, that's not, that's not uh, how the world solves its problems. You know what I mean? But by then you're already caught up in that destructive behavior. You're, it's already become a pattern. So it was me just fighting out of anger. And then when I started training and mm. I found out that, Actually, I don't know how to fight. <laughs> I really don't, man. And then you start learning and you start 
getting confidence and it teaches you how to respect other people and it teaches you how to respect yourself and it just teaches you interesting so it's dude it sounds like when the discipline when you allowed a discipline to come in alongside of something that you already passionate about right you're like yeah dude i love to fight but then when you brought in a discipline next to it of maybe some um i don't know if the word subjecting or but putting yourself under somebody right you allowed somebody to teach you uh and created some kind of discipline around it where then you had this respect for it which then comes back to the whole example piece you allowed somebody to speak into your life as an example, as a coach. Oh, dude, I was starving for somebody mm. to uh, just kind of help me. You know, I like I said, man, being a, a kid and uh, man, just being shipped off to other relatives and being left out of family events because you fucked up. You know, like they get to go on vacation, you don't. Like that is such a fucked up feeling, man. It really is, yeah. a kid to be left alone and uh when someone takes the time out to show you something when your whole adolescence you've been starving for that dude i grabbed onto it you know isn't it and, funny uh, how even as men we still want that dude and i have a complete theory about that because when you're a kid you think you don't understand why you're not getting it. You just think, I deserve to have a good dad. Why the fuck is Chris down the street a little shithead? And he has yeah. an awesome dad that takes him <laughs> dirt bike riding. And that kid gets kicked out of school. He cusses at his dad. Why does he have a good dad? Why does he mm. have a dad at all? And I don't have any. you know. So I think when you get older, you still have that that feeling, man, of like, why didn't I have that? I, I think I deserve that. So mm. when you get older, it's just, it gets into a thing where like, now I can, now I know what I need to do to find that. Now I know I, where to go to get a little bit of guidance because yeah, you and never, you're never argue, too old to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that like, like that, like, it's not even whether you had a good dad or not realizing that we were not meant to do life alone. Like I, like regardless of if I had a good dad or not, I still need other men to speak into my life. I still need guides. Right. And especially like the fighting is a great example. If there's some kind of skill that you want to acquire, you have to realize you can't just read about it. You can't just read about it. You just can't watch something. You need somebody to show you and we're never too old for that. Yeah. And that's kind of a lost art that we've had one because yeah, so many people have crappy dads. So that's not something we've been trained in. We've been trained to go figure it out on your own. Which is such a stupid man thing to say. Like, dude, and that's not how thing, we were made. You're right. Totally. We went out hunting in groups, you know. The, yeah. And another thing that really gets in the way of men going, dude, can you help me? Is our ego. We are so our, – our culture is so like I'm the baddest. I'm the smartest. I'm the coolest. I don't need anybody. And it gets in the way of us being able to just go – Hey, dude, do you know how to get to this spot? Like, we don't even ask for directions. There's a thing where guys don't even ask for directions. They'd rather drive around. Like, you know, it's just trips me out. And that was another thing that having a kid and martial arts and really helped me even just acknowledge that I had an ego. You know what I mean? To even just be like, oh, that's mm -hmm. my ego talking. That's just my pride. That's me wanting to fit in or be cool or be liked, you know, and it really gets in the way of progress. Yeah. So man, so we, we talked about the rebel and create, and then I come back to this question and this is a tough question, but who is George? Like if you were to just sum sum up a couple of things for me, you know, or a couple of stories, you know, you've, you've dropped a lot of things on us already, you know, black sheep, uh, didn't have a good dad, you know, went to jail, went to prison, fought, found yourself 40 years old. Dude, you know, the kid. funny thing is, I, I was going to this festival, this Lucidity Festival, and uh, it's just this hippie love festival. You know, it's electric music and stuff. And I was part of the build, and I actually got into it because I, my buddy Russ took me, and uh, I met some people, and they did workshops there, like uh, different dance and yoga and gem rock feels. And, and they asked me to do uh, an MMA mixed martial arts exhibit thing. Okay. So I, I did that for a couple of years where I was teaching girls self-defense at concerts, you know, how to, you know, if someone grabs you from behind or whatever, you know, 
So I did that for a couple of years and they gave me the nickname that is stuck with me and I love it. And I think that uh, it kind of does sum me up. They called me the violent hippie. Mm. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, is that although I do know how to fight and I do, I do like it, oh, man, it, it was one of those things that I was good at. And when people praise you for something like that, it kind of gets addicting. And I just, mm. I, I liked it, but dude, I was always scared. I'm always, you're always scared when you fight somebody, you're always scared. And I didn't do it professionally or anything. It was just gyms and, you know, but it's just, it's been so long and it just, it's just, ah, it, it's a weird thing to be known for that. When I have so many other, like I play guitar, I draw, you know, I paint, I, I do all these other things that when I was a kid, I really wanted to get into, but the thing that allowed me to kind of find myself was the fighting and it, it, it I, and I love training people, man. I do. I just, it's, it's a weird thing to be no, the guy in the group that, that fights. So, yeah. okay, dude, I'm digging this because I love the violent hippie and there's a couple of things <laughs> thinking about that you've, that I've heard you say. Um, I think it's very important for us to be aware. And I think as men, this is a constant battle. Like when people praise you for something, you get addicted to that. Oh, so you dude. lean more into that. And I think that actually takes away from your confidence because then you feel like you you have to act how people will accept you. Yes. Um, and especially like with your story. But the thing that then coming back to this is like you are embracing okay, I am good at this, but this isn't the only thing I am. And in our culture, we so like to say like, we're the fighting family. We're the karate family. We're the, you know, we're the beach family. It's like, you know, we, no, like we could be confident. We're people, we're human beings. Um, and you have continued to say that confidence is something you want to teach your daughter. And I think that as an identity piece, I, you know, even for myself really learning that it's not about what I do. It's about who I am in whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. So I can do whatever I want. And so the violent hippie is such a cool example because like I go on your Instagram and you're in your garage, just punching the shit out of a punching bag. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this guy's crazy. But then I listen to your podcast and you're like, yeah, we don't, we, we try to go one day a week without electricity in our home. <laughs> you know, like we want to be earth conscious and tell our kids to be earth conscious and not just be the lazy fatso on the TV all the time. But also I like some shows and I'll watch them, but it's not every certain things don't define me. Right. So dude, I'm just hearing so much well, about let, conf that I love. I love Yeah, it. Let me, let me say something about the confidence thing. Uh, and it kind of goes back to the, uh, the boys uh, in the world thing. Like when you're a young boy, you got coaches, you got, you know, uncles, a boy is more likely to find somebody to replace the role of a father than the girl is. Then a little girl, you know, she'll have mom might have boyfriends or my, but she doesn't have that guy relationship in society because one, it's a little pervy and two, you know, it's, uh, you have to protect yourself when you're a girl. So you're not mm -hmm. as open to advice from men as little boys are. So for me, it's really important for me to instill self-belief, confidence uh, into my daughter. You know, I think I remember when my wife was talking, we were talking about having two kids and she was like, you know, if we have a son, you better not show him more attention. I'm like, why would I show him more my daughter needs me more than he. right. he'll have other dudes. My daughter needs me more than any dude. Yep. You know? Dude, that's powerful. That is yeah. powerful. So again, why do you care? Like if I could, if we could hone in on that for a second, I mean, when you share the patterns of your life and the patterns of, you know, what you've been shown as an example for you, there's something that clicked that said, well, my role in my daughter's life is going to change her whole future. Uh, I know yeah. it's a tough, it's a tough, it's tough. Cause it's like 
the thing is, is if, if you could say, well, Ned, it was this, <laughs> then how do we share that with other men? Because I think you and I both agree, like everybody has the same amount of time, energy and resources in a day to some extent, if they can go create what they want with their family, but a lot of dudes don't. I think, I think the, the fact that I had her so late in life, you know, yeah. I Helpful. think, Oh dude, it allowed me to go through all of my shit. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know if I would be this guy if I would have had her at 20 or 19 or 30, you yeah. know, I don't know any of that, but I do know that my whole, I've always been good with kids. I've mm. always been able to like, I'm kid whisperer. I don't know, but <laughs> I just, I, I can, I'm really good at being able to put myself in other people's shoes. So I can look at her and go, okay, I know what's going on. She doesn't like this. She doesn't like that because I've been there. You know, I, I think that, so I think that not wanting her to go through what I went through is the driving force, dude, the driving force for me. Now, did you say, I want to have a kid? I'm ready. Like I figured life out. I'm not selfish oh, no, anymore. Not at all. Let's have a kid. No. <laughs> no. So, so did something then happen when you found out you were having a kid where you went, oh my gosh, No, I, I'm I mean, a little, I've always wanted a kid. I just didn't think okay. I was financially ready or I had the right girl or, you know, I was in jail or whatever, you know, and it, uh, my wife is awesome. And ah, man, I, everything, I feel like everything happened for a reason when we were conceived her, it wasn't the best situation and it hadn't even been the best. Like, dude, I was in prison when my daughter was born. Mm. like that's a how was that huge, dude it's a huge burden of mine to want a kid your whole life and then to not be there when you finally get one was devastating dude devastating and i think a huge part of me being so present in her life is my little weird way of trying to make up for that you know mm. uh with my at least myself i know she doesn't remember you know and uh she'll never re remember the time that i did miss but but I it's just, a heavy enough burden on your heart that you're never going to, you're never going to let that go in the sense that you're going to take it for granted. Oh, never dude. Ever, 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 ever. And everybody tells me like, Oh man, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you know, it, you can't rewind time and all that bullshit. But dude, I, I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time. Well, it seems like you, you know, at least like you said, it's, it's become a driving force for you to make this matter to make the 18, years you have with her be pretty significant 18 years. And the thing is that I'm realizing, dude, is it doesn't end at 18 years. You know, you, you're going to be her father for your entire life and the impact and legacy that you and I get to leave with our kids goes beyond just ha you know, just having a kid in our home. No, totally. man. And dude, she's awesome. You know, I know a lot of parents say their kids cool. And I know a lot of, I just, I would tell, I would be honest because you can't deal with the problem unless you acknowledge it. There's no reason for us to lie about our kids because, dude, they're just learning. If she doesn't get it right, it's okay to say, ah, oh, dude, my kid's having trouble potty training. Like, I feel like uh, Yeah, I like that because how your kid acts isn't defining you in a sense. Like, you're, you're their guide for wherever they are, you know. Um, and something really powerful you said when I was listening to your stuff and I sorry I keep bringing stuff up, but dude, I just wrote so no, many notes down. You're like, whether she contributes or whether she is a drain on society is up to me. So you hiding <laughs> Dang, from any that. kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's money, huh? <laughs> uh, so your role in her life isn't to make it appear like everything's just nice and dandy in the Dutra household. Oh no. You're, you know, that's not your role. Your role is to be in tune and real with where your family is and be a guide to help them get where they need to go. And then if you need certain skills to get there, you go get them so that you can serve your family well. And it seems like that's the kind of dude you are. I mean, dude, I, I do not want to lie to her. I do not want to lie to her. I don't want to feed her. I feel like a lot of the times we're looking for who we are 
as a kid and we're kind of lost is because mm. our heads have been filled with so much crap. Like for the first, what, nine years, you got to believe in Santa. You know, you think that's real. And then I got to, or maybe younger, I don't know, nine years. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, you're, about just, right. you're just, so for nine years, you're thinking there's this dude in the North pole with flying <laughs> reindeer that comes down your chimney. So, now so you I'll tell you, the... I wish I didn't, we did Santa with our kids and I, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't have done it. Really? Yeah. Wow. That makes me feel good about me not wanting to do it. Like, dude, I don't want to do any of that, man. And I do, I, I want to explain everything to her and let her decide if she, I, I'm not big on religion, but if she finds something that makes her feel good and she's a good person and living right, dude. I'm not going to try to talk her out of it. And, mm. You know what I mean? I'll tell her what I think. Yeah. But I don't want to imprint my beliefs on her hard drive. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's tough, though. <clears throat> it's tough because on some instance, like I do, I do agree with you that there are times when parents go so hard with their beliefs. And if it's the my way or the highway, then you know, you could create, like, if you want to use religion as an example, you know, you, you, you know, you have people like, you know, just even hearing you say the word religion, there's obviously something there that's, that's hurtful. Um, but you still have beliefs that matter to you and they should, they should be taught to your kid, but okay. So I'll tell you this, man, like I, uh, I, we are a Christian household, but you know, my oldest daughter, she wants to, she, she, it's not an issue for her. My next daughter, she's so open to the world. She's going to be my world traveler. And when she came to me at nine years old and said, Ned, I want to be bad or dad, dad, I want to be baptized. <laughs> you guys <want> a first name base. <laughs> no, heck no. She, she want to be baptized. And I said, we got to wait. And I want to look at, um, all the major religions with you first. So we spent a year. We, we woke up. Once you don't a, baptize once them a, at birth. No, no. Oh, okay. Mm -mm. So anyways, my point is just, I, we looked at every religion because I didn't want her to be at 22 years old saying my dad made me do this. So my only point in saying that was on one hand, I think you do need to teach your kids your beliefs because it's like how you see the world. But I think you're right in the sense of also showing them what other people believe as well. Here's and here's so why they believe it. I, I, I do agree to that to some extent, but I believe that you kind of show your kid what your belief is with your life. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. You, yep. She's going to know what bands I listen to because she's in the back seat in her chair and she's subjected to my beliefs and what I think is a good band. You know, I'm, she's subjected to what I believe is a good show because she's on the couch watching it with me. What book I'm reading because she sees it on the shelf. You know, I'm, she's going to know my beliefs. Right. So. I think and my wife, I can't believe, I can't remember what, who said it, but my wife said a good saying by somebody, my life is my example. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think the Dalai Lama, I think the Dalai Lama said that, but, uh, I, I like that, man. I like that saying because it is, man, my daughter is, she watches. And that's another thing is that they watch and learn and imitate everything, dude. Everything. So that's. Yeah. And that's what you're saying is that's why it is important to really pay attention to what you're doing and saying and reading and watching because you, you know, there are certain times that certain things are okay for your kid and then maybe not, you know? Yeah. Like I, uh, I do a little stand up comedy and I did a comedy show here. And okay. I saw pictures of that in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a couple com comedians come that I did stand up with and I don't know, there's like 10, 12, 13 people or something like that. And my daughter was out there. Because, you know, if my wife would have been in here watching her in the apartment, she wouldn't have been able to be, enjoy the show or whatever. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm assuming that's what our reason was. <laughs> but after watching the video and seeing me, you know, tell dick jokes or whatever joke, you know, about COVID or and then her run in the background in the frame, I was just like, ah, man, that didn't sit well with me, mm. you know. But then I was thinking it's comedy. It's joking. It's, you know, it's, so there's this constant battle between me wanting to be the open-minded dad. That's going to let my daughter experience things and me being the protective dad. 
that wants to protect her from every freaking thing in this universe. Like I've never felt as much uh, responsibility to protect anything else on this planet. Like I have with her, not a dog, and, not a, anybody. Yeah. And what I think is cool about that is I think that there isn't a right answer. Right. Like I'm going to have my opinions. You're going to have yours. Somebody else is going to have right. theirs. And on freaking Facebook and the internet, everybody wants to tell you how to do it. That's not the answer. The answer is being willing to self-reflect. Like you said, how did that make you feel? What did you think about that? What do I believe? The fact that you're having the conversation is what matters. Not that you're just going all in on one thing or the other. And I think that's what we need to do more is have more conversation and then also get somebody else's perspective. Like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know? Um, and yeah. as much as I don't like hearing people who don't think the same way as I do, tell me what they think. It's helpful after I walk away, you know, irritated going, mm, okay. You know what, man? I I'm going to tell you something that I had somebody tell me uh, about taking advice from people you don't like. And mm. this guy told me, listen, man, think of how different you guys are. Right. He's totally going to have a different view. A different view might help you. You know what I mean? Like you, you find good uh, advice sometimes in the most random spots. And he might not say it right, you know, but a different view is a good thing sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about it lately. Is like, do I get so offended by your different view because I do is it because I want to be right or is it because I don't want to be wrong? So I just need people to agree with me so that I don't question like maybe it is also that other way, you know? And so I think, yeah, dude, as much as it sucks to hear other opinions, I think that it helps you to open up and not just go, I have to be right all the time. Or I have to feel right. Right. Yeah. You know what ego, uh, I heard this acronym for ego, uh, everyone's greatest obstacle and mm. it totally is man and it's a funny thing because uh i was telling my wife the other day and dude we've only been married for four years dude we're still figuring this out i'm 45 she's 31 you know uh there's a differences you know we're we're both uh strong people she's a taurus i'm an aries you know but the connection is undeniable man it's undeniable and one of the things that helps me with her is that it's not that I'm worried about being right. It's not that I'm worried about being wrong. It's just that I want to know that we're walking away from this argument, this discussion, this situation. I want to walk away knowing that you understand why I did what I did. Mm. Not not that I'm right or wrong. I just need you to know that I wasn't pissed. I, I wasn't trying to be mean or whatever the situation is. I just wanted you to know where I was coming from. And sometimes when we try to explain that, you know, we either don't do it the right way or it's not received the right way or whatever. But a lot of times it's not about, for me, it's not about being right or wrong. I just want to know that, you know, you understand me. Dude, so what's super powerful is um, my team for my my business, we read a book a month. And last year we took the Enneagram test, um, which is like, it's an, is. so Enneagram, it's like just in this, it's like an assessment, like <clears throat> personality test kind of stuff. Oh, okay. But this one, dude, it comes like, you'll find it in many religions. Like, it, you know, there's no real, where did it come from kind of thing, but it can be tied to a, it can be tied to a lot of things. My point is, uh, we're reading a book called the sacred Enneagram and it is more from, I would say like a mystic Christian perspective. Uh, but in reading it, I had this epiphany of my wife because, you know, I, I, we both took the assessment. I say, okay, this is the, where you fall in the test, you know, the assessment, this is where I fall. And I went, Oh my goodness. Like I was doing yard work and I had the earbuds in. And I'm like, this is why she responds this way. To that. <laughs> so then when I respond to her from my worldview of whatever, she puts up a freaking block because we do think differently. And like in my perspective, that's really why in my mind, God or puts two different people together because 
it's this opportunity for me to not think of myself and continue like for 30, 40, 50 years, become a better version of me because I'm like letting the rough edges be broken off if I allow the marriage to do that. But you saying, you said, I want you to understand why I did what I did, you know, and that's an opportunity not to be right or wrong, but to be known. And all of this dude is about being known. Like everything you're saying, like, is it, we want to be known and really it starts with the father's role, right? Like you're teaching your daughter what it means to be known in a world that doesn't want people to be known at their deepest level, just live yeah. surface. Yeah. Yeah. Surface living. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, man. I, uh, excuse me i uh and a lot of it too is that you're trying to make sure that it understanding me now will probably help us in the future yes you know what I yes mean? I, i'm trying to avoid this in the future like if you know how but i feel about this now we can navigate and i hear you how you feel we can both take that information and let's hope this doesn't happen again. Or if it does happen, maybe it'll have a better outcome or, you know what I mean? Well, what I love about what you're saying is you're not trying for, for you to be understood. It's not to justify your actions. It's to grow. No. Yeah. And I can totally be wrong. I could be coming out of left field and just be like, what the, you know, what are you talking about? George? Yeah. yeah. But I still need you to understand that I, I would never do something to hurt you. So just hear me out and, understand why I did this and then we can move forward. You know, I think that's so powerful because sometimes when we get in our own heads, we think we start to go dark, right? We're like, they totally meant this. Yes. Right. And, it, and if, when I really pause and I go, my wife, her intentions are that she loves and wants the best relationship possible. So why do I just jump to something that's like a destructive or toxic feeling, yeah. you know, um, when that wasn't the intention? Um, all right, dude. So let's. Can I uh, can I make a yeah, recommendation for uh, your guys' book club? Yeah, yeah, do it. So uh, when I was in prison, I like was on a steady diet of parenting books, okay. and I read this one that, dude, it was really, really helpful, and it's called "Parenting from the Inside Out," and it's not about parenting from prison or anything. It's about Dealing with your own stuff from your childhood, parenting from the inside before you put it out, you know, and dude, it reading some of these people's stories or some of this other stuff, it really put in perspective a lot of the things that I needed to work on. And a lot of the things like you said, oh, that's why my wife did that. Yeah. Yeah. After reading that book, I'm like, oh, shit, that's why my mom reacted like that, mm. you know? So. Dude, that's so – even right there, like that comment you just say, when I was in prison, I was reading a lot of parenting books. Like what What made you read the parenting books? What, you know, I mean you did you know you had a – you knew when you were going to get out. You knew how old your daughter would be when you'd get out and you're like, I got to go get prepared or what? I just knew I was going to have a kid and I wanted to be as ready as I could. I mean my wife sent me books. You know, I just – I wanted to – honestly, I wanted to – because once we found out I was a girl – I was like, oh shit. I never even contemplated how I would raise a kid, a girl. So I was like, I need to study up on that. I wanted daughter books, like uh strong fathers, strong daughters, you know, all the all these like men raising daughters, all this stuff. So that's really what I was focusing on. But the book that spoke to me the most was, you know, not focused on daughters, it was focusing on yourself a little bit. Yeah, dude. Okay. So what I think is so cool is that, uh, you know, we like to classify ourselves as like the punk rock dad or the yuppie <laughs> scum, <laughs> but I love that because you're yuppie and then you come down and hang out with the scumbags, you know what I mean? I love it. Uh, fatherhood's a level playing field. And I think that, you know, what I've learned a lot from doing the podcast and having conversations with dads is like, you know, we're drawn to, Oh, that dude wears surf tees and board shorts. So I'm going to go to hang out with those dudes, Yeah, whatever fatherhood's a level playing field. And, and there's so much that we can learn from each other, from our stories, from our field notes. Um, and I love it, dude, because I go, you know, there's so much wisdom in your head and there's some really key things about you that made you care 
you know, regardless of your story that you've rebelled against that. And it's so powerful, man. And it's like, your story has to be shared. And I'll just, you've said prison a couple of times and we don't have to get into it. But the thing I'll say is I, you know, when I asked you about it before, I love that you said, I don't want that to be my mission statement. No, that's not the thing that's defining whether you're a good dad or not, because you have this story of prison. Well, not just a good dad, good human. You know, mm. uh, I, cause dude, I grew up, I, when I was a kid, like I went to a couple of group homes, you know, uh, when you turn 18, you're in the system, you know, I, I went to jail and then I, you know, went to prison and it was never for anything big or major. You know, I did beat one guy up pretty bad, but <laughs> it was always for like fights and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like dumb, dumb shit. You know, it wasn't, it was just getting wrapped up. In and things. would you, would you say that it's because just no direction? Oh, for like sure, a la- yeah. lack of a guide just out in the streets and just drinking and partying. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And you know, it's funny because I know I wasn't the best kid. I know not even close, but I do know that I was that way because I didn't have the guidance I needed. I know yeah. that now as an adult, I didn't know and that as a father, 13 yeah. year old. You know, I didn't know it as a 15 year old. I didn't know it as a 21 year old, but, and I know if you, you asked my, you told my mom that like, I didn't have a guy and she would get defensive and she would tell you, I tried all kinds of different things, you know, more rules, less rules, money, toys, you know, whatever punishment rewards. But she didn't try just a hug or saying, I love you mm-hmm. or anything like that. So that's why it's, imp- I do. I tell my daughter that all the time, you know, cause Without that, dude, you're you're still lost. If you can have parents that live in the same house with you, but if they don't ever talk to you, if they don't ever engage with you, what the fuck? They're like wardens, you know? Yeah. They're not parents. That's not parenting. And this is a tough piece right here, but uh, and dude, kudos because our world would be total dog shit if it weren't for moms, because dads are you know typically the ones who flaked more. But kids need dads. You dude, know, and they, and they, they do kids they need do. dads, especially boys, especially boys. I mean, dude. even like you said before, <clears throat> especially girls, they both like, especially girls. <laughs> but when you are a young boy and you don't have any father figure <sighs> and then you start getting shitty examples, right. then you become a shitty example. So it's important for boys to have good examples so that they can be good examples for their daughters. You know what I mean? So they can be good examples for their girls. And listen, I, I'm, I don't blame as much as I have such a bad taste in my mouth for my parents. I don't blame them so much as they probably think because they were just doing what happened to them. I, I can't imagine my mom uh, growing up in a loving family, being the way she was. I know her mom. I know her, her dad. Like I know that relationship. It wasn't the greatest. So I understand why she did it to me to some extent. You know right. Because I mean? and the same, in the same thing though, is you're not using that same excuse to justify why you decided to leave prison and not come home and be a dad to your daughter. Oh no. I couldn't wait. Right? And so I'm, yeah. And I'm not trying to, bag on your mom or your dad or whatever, Uh because I don't, I don't know them and their story. But at the same time, I think the moral of this is like, everybody has a choice every freaking day. Yes. Right. And, and you've chosen a path. And the thing is, is once you start going down that path, like I bet you, you know, I mean, maybe you could attest to this, like the decisions start getting easier at the beginning is probably really hard, but but once you start going down the path of what you want to create, then the decisions start getting easier. Yeah, no, you're absolutely uh, right. Man, dude, just so much good stuff. Um, I'm excited to watch what you're going to do uh, with your podcast and with your desire to really influence um, dads of all shapes and sizes and, and you know, just acknowledge like I, there isn't a way that a dad has to look. There isn't a way that a dad has to act. Um, and I love that dude, because it, coming back to the low expectations, it's like, we all are on a level playing field and the world needs good dads, no matter what you look like. You know, 
what popped in my head when you said that about the punk rock dad and the, is I'm sleeved. I have tattoos everywhere. And, you know, I skate, I, you know, do MMA, I, you know, everything. I grew up in California, so I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the funny thing is, is I pride myself on my diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that I can play guitar, whether it's rock, blues, whatever. I love that, you know, I can listen to rap, I can listen to rock, folk, country, anything but country, anything but country. But, <laughs> uh, you know, and I love that because now I'm going to pass that on to my kid. Now she's going to see all the different things that she like. I, sometimes I'll be driving with my wife and our kid in the car and we'll be sitting there and like a song will come on and I'll be like, God, how, how different would we have been if our parents would have took the time to explain tool? You know, we're listening to tool. Oh, Hey honey, you know what he means right here by this lyric? Or do you know what this is? Like just that little bit of attention, dude would have made, I would have loved my mom would have said, Hey, you know what that song Rod Stewart's singing about is like, I would have loved that interaction with her. I would have loved them taking me to, uh, you know, a music store and buying me a guitar instead of me having to wait until I'm an adult and can get one myself, you know, like Mm. just those little things of attention that dude, I, I love doing that to her because I know how good it would have felt for me to have that. Yeah, man. And I love, I love that you're changing the story. You're changing the legacy of your family. So with that in mind, what is the legacy that you want to leave your family? So say, you know, it's uh, 30 years down the road and you peer into the house of your daughter and you're looking outside through the window, you see her with her family. What are the things that she's doing, feeling, expressing that you can go, that's the legacy I've built. That's based on my hard decisions every day to be there and show up. Now I see it paying off in there. What's that legacy look like? Ah, oh, man. You know, I just, uh, I just want her to be a good person. Honestly, dude, that's what I really, really want. I don't care if she's, you know, super wealthy. I don't, I mean, I want her to be able to have a good life, but I just want her to be a good person, a fair person, an honest person, uh, you know, a compassionate person, someone who can put themselves in somebody else's shoes. So she's just just nice to people. You know, I don't want, like, I love how caring she is. I love how she hugs people. I love, I don't like, Hmm. you know, the thought of her, uh, not having friends or not being social or, you know, I, it's, it's a weird thing to try to picture your kid in the future because, I have so many stories in my head that I see her doing like at one minute I'm, she's a MMA fighter. The next minute she's a guitarist. The next minute she's a soccer player. The next minute she's a director. You know what I mean? Like I have so many yeah. visions in her, in my head of what her possibilities are right now. Her possibilities are endless, literally endless there. She can do anything she wants right now, right now. And it's my job and my wife, it's our job to not only one that let her believe that she can do anything, but to give her the smarts, to give her the tools, like all of that, you know, we're all born with the same capabilities, dude. We're all born with the ability to do great things. It's just a matter of, do we think we can, do we believe we can? You know, bro, as you're saying this, I'm, I just like almost chills. You said, you know, you want her to be a good person, compassion, all these things. And you're saying she is that now at three years old. And what happens to a lot of kids is their innocence starts getting ripped away from them because they don't have a guide there to remind them you have what it takes. You are smart. You can do anything because not all dads and moms are there doing that. And so in one word, dude, the word that you've said is confidence. And and that's like, what's the role of the father? It's you to be that constant guide 
from her three-year-old innocence through the introduction to our broken world and that she comes out the other end, 25, 30, you know, on her own, still knowing that, yes, the world can be harsh, but I know who I am inside of that. Bro, dude, absolutely. that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it, dude. We're our daughters. We're our kids' first examples mm, of everything. Yeah. Of everything, we're their first examples. So they're going to take our examples and they're going to go out into the world with those thoughts and they're going to think, oh, that guy does what my dad uh, did. That girl does what my mom does. And they're going to gravitate towards those things. So whether they're good examples or bad examples is up to you, man. It really, really is. And when I say confidence, dude, confidence is going to allow her to be 16 in the backseat with a kid, a boy, hey, maybe girl, I don't know, but, and be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm not comfortable. I want to go home and not worry if that kid thinks she's being uh, a cock tease or whatever. You know what I mean? That confidence is going to allow her to come home and say, dad, this happened. You know, Mm. I don't know how to deal with it, but can you help me? Or confidence is going to allow her to go into a business and say, hey, I'm a good worker. You guys should hire me. You know, Mm -hmm. confidence is everything when you're a kid going out into the world. You know what I mean? And it's knowing who you are. Dude, absolutely, man. And Mm. whether she knows what she wants to do as far as work or art or whatever, I don't know that. But I do know that I want her to know that she can do whatever she wants. That she, you know what I mean? that she has the ability to do things for so many, so long, dude, when we're kids, people say, don't touch that. Don't do that. Back up, be quiet, go play. You know what I mean? They direct you everything. How come no one ever says, Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to go play? Do you want to go paint? Do you want to draw? Do you want to read? You know what I mean? It's, ah, man, I, I, I don't like the idea of being a dictator to my daughter mm. you know it's a democracy yeah. dude she's got my last name this she's part of this family she's part of this democracy she gets a vote it's like her mom and i dude so good man george i've so enjoyed talking fatherhood with you i love your passion and compassion for your family and then not only just to kind of hold all that into your own home but that you want to share your life with others the good and the bad you you want to show the world like you can be any dude out there and you can still be an incredible dad and you want to inspire other men to really embrace their role as as fathers on an adventure. And so, dude, keep doing what you're doing. Keep sharing your story. Uh, dude, you too, I'm man. I'm just excited to see what you do, man. So thank you. Dude, no problem, man. Uh, real quick, there's a documentary that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, she did on apple and it's called dads yeah i haven't watched it yet i've seen the oh, okay. um, ad for it dude have you watched a, it i can't finish it because i watch it on my lunch break at work and i start crying so i don't want to yeah, go back yeah, in yeah. all teary <laughs> but uh it's a good one dude it's a good yeah, one i'm gonna have to check it out i'm gonna have to check yeah. it out i've seen the trailer it looks super good it was and you know what i just want to say thank you to my wife too i mean she's the one that baked my little kid you know, so <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, a great daughter, man. Wow, super powerful. I loved George's story. I love his intentionality, the depth of the way that he thinks about the man that he desires to be and how he wants to set his daughter up for success and that it's also not just about him, that he wants to be out there inspiring other dads to really embrace their role as fathers. And I just think that is such an incredible place to be and an incredible mission that he has. Uh, Every Monday, I put out the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast interviewing great dads. Um, And then if you're interested, I do a shorter podcast called Craft of Fatherhood. I put that out every Friday. It also falls under Rebel and Create, so you can find it in the same place. But I just discuss a question that a father sends me really focused around identity of the father. So check that out. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Do not be like everybody else. Be 
yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time. Thank you.